first of all, I didn't know if anyone was going to click that buy button or if I'd ever sell the first 200 shirts or if I'd be wearing the same 200 shirts the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I put the site up and as orders came in and it was, you know, one here, two there, um, reaching out to bloggers and, and design blogs, just telling them what I was doing. And it wasn't anything that was an overnight success, um, at all, but as things picked up and, you know, I was selling 10 shirts here or there, people started saying, so are you going to, you know, turn this into a business and do it full time? And I literally would laugh. I'm like, there's no way, like I'd have to sell a ton of t-shirts for this to be a full-time thing. And You are listening to Louder Than Words, the podcast inspiring creatives of all types by giving you a glimpse into the lives and creative process of the most remarkable people you know. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Louder Than Words. Really appreciate you coming by to hang out, as always. My name is John Benini, and every episode I'm lucky enough to be able to hang out with really some of the most creative minds in business, entrepreneurship, um, writing, art, anything you could really think of, graphic design. Today certainly is no exception. Uh, so today I'm joined by Jeff Sheldon. Um, many of you may know that name, or many of you may know Jeff Sheldon as Ugmunk, who um, he is the creator of. It's a, a brand that uh, really started out, um, I believe, and, and Jeff can correct me here in a second, um, but on t-shirts, like these these creative t-shirts um, that I'll let him get into in a bit and, and talk about how those came about. But it's really grown into this um, you know, shop of uh, all kinds of little creative trinkets that you see many designers or developers or market all these people have on their desks or in their offices or on their bodies or on their what on their walls everywhere um he's really grown it into uh, a very big brand um but he did come from an agency background like myself so we have something in common there we can talk about that in a bit uh so jeff graduated with a bs in graphic design back in 2008 so not to date myself but we're we're the same age jeff and um he's really passionate about all things design and like i said he created the brand Ugmunk uh, and continues to create uh the designs that you see coming from there there. Uh, so Jeff, I really appreciate you coming and hanging out today, man. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. So how much did I screw up there? Anything? Uh, no, you're, I think you're, you're pretty accurate <laughs> on uh, most of that stuff. Great, great. Um, so, so I guess uh, we'll start like here. Uh, like what is, what is Ugmunk for, for, I mean, a lot of the listeners may have some of the prints on their walls. They may even have some of the t-shirts, but for those listeners who are just tuning in and maybe just hearing about you for the first time, like what is Ugmunk? Sure. Yeah, so I started Ugmunk back in 2008. Um, what it is now and what it was then are pretty different things. When I originally started, it was literally just a side project to design t-shirts that I wanted to wear and then sell them online. And it was more of an experiment to see if there's a handful of other people out there that liked the same minimalist, uh, simple style that I was doing on these t-shirts and uh, fill the creative void, kind of what I wasn't able to fill at my my first agency job doing junior level work there. So I, I started it just as a side thing, um, but that was um, seven years ago, and now it's turned into a full-blown design lifestyle brand where we sell everything from T-shirts and clothing to leather goods and prints and uh, everything in between. Yeah, and congratulations on seven years, by the way. That's, that's a long time to be doing 
what you're doing and to be very successful at it. And you have like a really unique sort of uh, package that you've put together uh, on your site with, with really cool, um, you know, items that people can sort of commemorate that seven years with. That's, that's really cool. And people should check out. Um, so talk about where you were at seven years ago, because I mean, I came from an agency background. Um, you did as well. Sounds like you were a junior level designer, probably fresh out of school. Uh, you know, what, um, what sort of sparked you, A, to start doing this on the side? And kind of like, how did you get to that point where you were like, I could quit or I need to quit this job and follow this passion that I have? Yeah, so I'll back up a little bit. Um, just growing up as a kid, was always fascinated with art and making things and building things and, you know, spending hours and hours building things with Legos and connects and every, you know, just taking junk and making things out of it. So like the, I always go back to that original, that passion or that, you know, whatever was inside of me, like an instinct to create, um, is something that I've had with me my whole life. And whether it was doing fine art or whether it was building something or whether it's designing t-shirts and building a brand, um, I think that's the, kind of the thread that's tied everything together and really um, continues to be what fuels me. Um, so growing up doing art, um, everyone telling me, you know, you can't make an artist as a living, just painting pretty pictures, so you're going to have to do something with it. Um, ended up going to college for graphic design, which I didn't really even know was a thing um, coming out of high school, but then instantly fell in love with graphic design, especially as design as an art form or as a medium of art, not as a technical skill or, hey, you're great with computers, you should go into graphic design. It was much more of taking that um, passion for creating and then just translating it into more of a digital product. Um, from there, went to uh, graduated college and went straight into an agency, which I assumed was the only path uh, of what a design student uh, was supposed to do, and got a lot of experience at, a, at an agency. Uh, for two years there and learned a lot on the job and, and was really a great work environment and picked up a lot of skills. But at the same time, it was kind of like a, a dead-end position or you know working for clients or being kind of the lowest on the totem pole, not getting to express much of the creativity that even I was able to do in college or any of the side work that I was doing. Um, felt a little bit stunted there. And then this whole world of you know building your own brand and and really selling t-shirts and selling things wasn't something in the, at, uh, in my mind at the time, but that opened up a, a huge world of possibilities, which, you know, I've now flourished into today. Did you think that that was possible? Like, I mean, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start selling these t-shirts and, um, you know, it's not like, uh, I'm guessing that you probably didn't jump in and do some, you know, in-depth market research or focus groups where you <laughs> kind of knew that what these people would be into, you were kind of scratching your own itch in a sense. Um, did you think that like w when you first launched everything or when the first day that you put, uh, that buy button up on a website, <laughs> whatever it was at the time, um, you know, did you think that, you know, obviously maybe not what it's become now that was probably out of your mouth, but did you think this was going to turn into something that could help like eventually lead you to, you know, pursue your own passion and, and not have to rely on that sort of agency life or fulfilling somebody else's dream? Honestly, no, not at all. Like people, you know, as I started, first of all, I didn't know if anyone was going to click that buy button or if I'd ever sell the first 200 shirts or if I'd be wearing the same 200 shirts the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I put the site up and as orders came in and it was, you know, one here, two there, 
um, reaching out to bloggers and, and design blogs, just telling them what I was doing. And it wasn't anything that was an overnight success um, at all. But as things picked up and you know, I was selling 10 shirts here or there, people started saying, so are you going to you know, turn this into a business and do it full time? And I literally would laugh. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I'd have to sell a ton of t-shirts for this to be a full-time thing. And well, here I am selling a ton of t-shirts and a ton of other things doing it full-time. But, but yeah, going back to the, the plan was not to launch a business. And you know, even now, the culture of entrepreneurship and starting your own thing is such a, a trend, for lack of a better term, where everyone wants to do their own thing, which is great. But I wasn't even thinking about it in that sense. I was literally thinking like, hey, I love design. I love t-shirts. I want to design cool t-shirts that I like. And let's just see if that can be a little side income, you know, pay for coffee on the weekends. It's like, that was it. There was no business plan. There was no uh, strategic uh, looking forward from that point. So there was no overnight success. So those first 200 shirts didn't, uh, didn't sell out in, in like a day or two or anything like that? No, not at all. I mean, it, it was a few months. I think we had sold through most or maybe half of them. Um, you know, if we had a day where we got five or 10 orders, it was like, this is crazy. You know, we have $100 <laughs> coming in from something that I made and people are, you know, we're shipping stuff to people in other countries. And it was just the pure joy and like the excitement of it was not because I didn't have any investors or any numbers to hit or any scale. It was like, it was the complete opposite. I mean, really naive, but almost like good naive. So how were you, how did you go about achieving traction back then? So like you, you briefly mentioned that you would reach out to some design bloggers and kind of fill them in and what you were doing, uh, because I think there is this element in, of, of like, if I don't make it within like, you know, a couple months, I'm, I'm quitting. Like th- there is this like really, like people have this, uh, you know, uh, I guess idea about the web and social and, and the internet that things can happen really fast. And if they don't, your idea must, you know, suck and you should probably move on to something else. But it takes time, right? It's the people that show up consistently through those months where no one knows who the hell you are, or it took, you know, a couple months to sell a hundred t-shirts. Um, you know, how did you get to the point where like people wanted to know like when is the next release coming out? Um, you know, or or they started selling quicker. Like what are some of the things that you did to gain traction? And and was that hard? Like staying patient uh was that hard for you? Yeah, it was definitely a very very slow and steady pace and I would say even now it's been a slow and steady seven years, which is a very long time. Like you said, it's a long time to be doing anything. Um, and the, the one of the biggest underrated characteristics of entrepreneurs, in my opinion, is patience and, and being willing to just say, like, I'm going to have to wait three years till I start to see a lot of the fruits of my labor that I'm putting in now. And over time, it was, you know, just little things here and there, a little blog feature here, a little you know, uh, return customers um, coming back or telling their friends. And literally word of mouth is how it grew, whether it was through social media or through just people literally telling their friends. Um, it was not a, there, everyone asked, when was the tipping point? You know, when was that magic moment where you knew it was going to go off? And to be honest, I don't have a specific overnight, you know, I got on Oprah and all of a sudden we sold 10,000 shirts and <laughs> it was like, there's nothing like that. It was, um, just being super, super consistent, um, releasing new products, you know, blogging, reaching out to people, putting out, really, really focusing on the design and the product so that the product would essentially sell itself, um, building a tribe, as Seth Godin would f- refer to it. 
that mentality is what has carried me through the seven years as opposed to anything like, oh, I finally got my big break and some celebrity wore, you know, one of my t-shirts. So what was it like then? How did you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to quit this agency job and I'm going to pursue this on my own? Um, Was it, was this an easy decision? Was, were things steady at the time where you were kind of secure in the fact that you can make this decision? And, you know, like what, what did that, what did that whole process look like making that transition? Yeah, that's another one of the things that people ask me the most is like, when, how did you know this was the right time to jump? Or, you know, I'm doing something on the side. I want to make the jump. When's that, you know, what's the formula for figuring that out? And I don't think it's, I think it's different in everyone's scenario. Um, for me, it was, I was putting all the money back into the business for the first two years. So I didn't touch any of the revenue. I was literally just, you know, selling 200 shirts, buying 400, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I, I was working my nine to five agency job and my wife was working as well. So we were, you know, saving up some money. Our expenses were super low and the conversation started to happen between my wife and I saying, you know, I think I could probably do this full time or I could do this 50% of the time and then do client work, freelance work, the other 50% and basically saving up some money. And and these conversations kept happening, happening to the point where, you know, it's Friday night and Saturday night and all we're doing is packing shirts and taking them to the post office and answering customer service emails. And it got to a almost an unhealthy point where we said, all right, I've got to either leave my job or we got to scale back Ugmunk. And uh, that's when I just said, you know, let's go for it. This is the time in our life where we don't have anything really to lose. And uh, from there, it's been, you know, incredible growth. <laughs> you just go all in. Yeah. So, yeah. so you didn't have a fulfillment process then that was like Amazon, right? There, there, there's nothing sexy about that. You were packing the stuff yourself, uh, making the chips to the post office. And, and you're somebody that's always kind of prided, you know, the brand has always prided itself on unique packaging. So, um, you know, things are just kind of, uh, you know, it, it looks good when it comes to, um, so how, how does that look now? Like, what does your fulfillment process look like now? Is it any more, I guess, uh, upscale than, than you bringing everything to the post office yourself? It's a, uh, it's a step above that, but not much. Um, one of the things that's been interesting is like growing a business without a business background or without kind of thinking it, thinking of it in traditional terms is that I haven't really followed any one model of, Here's how you do it, and we've just made up our own way. So um, right now we have we do all of our own fulfillment um, still, and we might be switching that soon. But we do it all out of out of uh, Pennsylvania here. And I actually hired my mom, and she's our she's my first employee on payroll and everything um, to handle all the fulfillment and shipping um, and packing and everything like that. So we've kept it really really close. Uh, it's a true family business. We, we like to have a hand on everything and have that extra personal touch where we know everything that's going out has you know, been, been quality controlled, checked, and everything um, is correct rather than letting go of that stuff. Now, there's obviously things we can't scale past. There's, there's points where we're going to have to change some of that. But for whatever reason, I've just kept everything really, really close uh, um, just for consistency and quality. And so that's great that you hired your mom was your first hire on payroll. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so describe that that start your first your first um i guess you know design your first you know uh product that you put out there was it the and then i woke up the the ampersand design um that was the first one that got really picked up by a lot of blogs and i guess you could say that was my my uh what put ugmonk on the map 
Um, the first four shirts, uh, there was two typography ones and, and two design, uh, just geometric shape ones. Um, but the, and then I woke up was the next shirt that I designed after that. And that's what the, the shirt that most people know, either that or the mountains shirt, um, that Ugmunk has become pretty well known for. So talk about, and then I woke up. Um, I know you, you have brief descriptions on the site when people buy your products about sort of the inspiration on, on what it means, but how did you, like, what was the idea behind, and then I woke up? Like, um, what does that mean personally to you? Um, again, to make, not to make it sound overly simple or uh, to show you that there's not a lot of magic behind the curtain, but the, that design is, is it's crazy because similar to the mountains design, where it's, which is just two overlapping triangles, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, I didn't do a lot of research or golden ratio or anything special that, that's making people love it. Um, the, and then I woke sh- the, the, and then I woke up shirt was literally just me playing around with the ampersand symbol, um, and then playing off different phrases that float, that, um, float out of the word and, um, and then I woke up was a, a thing that I heard a lot, you know, as if someone's ever telling you their dream, uh, the consistent end every single time they tell you is, and then I woke up because the dream always ends that way. And it, it wasn't like a, you know, a deep spiritual meaning or anything behind that one where, you know, some of my other shirts have more literal meanings where you can take them different ways. But that was like, I think the combination of the ampersand, the Heather Gray shirt, and just the timing and kind of the relatability to that phrase that that struck a chord with people. And it still continues to be um, a really popular uh, item for you to this day, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's still one of our top sellers here. You know, that's six about six years later that we're still selling the same T-shirt, which breaks every fashion brand <laughs> or clothing brand rule um, of you know getting stuff in one season out the next. But yeah, I I've kept some of these designs around for almost the entire seven years. And obviously, a lot of them double also as prints. And and you know, uh, just to be fully transparent with listeners, I have a few here in my office. Um, you have a, a print uh, that says "It's about time." Very cool topography, and then my favorite, "Slow and steady wins." Um, talk about like how do you how do you, I mean? So yeah, you're kind of pulling it down and saying you know there's not really this magic that goes on behind the curtain. But when do you know that you have an idea that you know warrants you putting time in and you know eventually makes it to a print? Like um, you know, like you stumble across these things. Slow and steady wins. It's about time. Uh, do what you love, love what you do, better than I deserve, minimize. Um, and listeners can go on, on the Ugmunk uh, site and check all these designs out. But like, how do you know that you stumbled upon something, like I said, that warrants your time? I mean, I have a running list of ideas whenever I hear a phrase or I think of something. I'm, I'm always just like, you know, jotting it down real quick. And I have way more ideas than I have actual products right now. But I think a lot of it comes back to one, that I design everything. You know, I'm the brand owner, but I actually do design everything. I'm not hiring out all the design, which is pretty unique. And it goes all through my filter. So if the phrase, if there's something about the phrase that means something to me or catches my attention, um, and I think there's uh, potential there, I'll start working on a design or a, or even if it ties back to the business. So that, for instance, slow and steady wins. I mean, that goes back to our conversation earlier, talking about slow and steady, how I'm building the business. Um, you know, the tortoise and the hare, which is, uh, you know, everyone knows that popular story, but the going back to bringing my spin on that. So I want to play off my design sense or my typography 
Um, and if you look at the end of the, the slow and steady winds print, there's a little turtle uh, at the end just plodding along. So it's like these little extra touches or design details that um, you know I geek out over as a designer and I love to play with. And a lot of it relates back to my philosophy on how I'm running the business um, or how I'm, you know, view life in, in different scenarios. So once you have something sort of fleshed out, who's the first person that you go to to, be, to to sort of critique it or to give like their opinion? Or do you not look for feedback? Um, I do look for feedback. Um, I kind of have an inner circle or, or a bunch of friends, designers and non-designers that I'll, I'll run stuff by and just say, hey, what do you think of this? And, you know, if it's crap, then I'll move on. Or if they say, you know, I like that or I like the phrase, but I don't like the design. And then I have more uh, specifically designer friends that can critique and visually critique so that I'm not so close to my work that I'm ignoring obvious mistakes or things like that. But a lot of it is just me kind of tinkering around, playing with things that I like. And sometimes I'll revisit a design that I've been working on for a while um, or let it sit for a few months and then come back to it. And uh, there's not a, again, not really a step-by-step process, but I have kind of perfected the way that I release products um, just by doing it that way. And how do you know when something's finished? Because I know plenty of designers and a lot of them are really never satisfied. You know, some of them, um, they just ship their product or whatever it is. And, and then afterwards, they even just hate it. Oh, man, I would have done that differently. But then other people love it. So what is your relationship like with, with your own designs? Um, how do you know when they're finished? And then can you look back at something years later and still enjoy it? Or do you have a different perspective on it than maybe, you know, the, the consumers like myself would have? That's the hardest thing about shipping physical products is that you can't go back in and just kind of tweak them or update the website or you know push out an update to the app um, is being able to say like this one is done and that's something I struggle with but it, there comes a point where I know I have to release it or I know I have to ship it um, so I have to say you know I'm happy with this are there things that I wish I could go back and change or tweak from seven years ago or five years ago that the designs maybe weren't quite what I would do today? Sure. But, um, part of it is just, uh, as, as my being my own client is saying this one is, I'm proud of this. Um, I'd be happy to put this out into the world and then shipping it. And too many people get to the point where they're never done anything and they're never, you know, they're drawing up their business plan or they're thinking about something and they never quite get to the point of shipping. And the ball never moves forward. But something I've learned is you just have to keep shipping. Like not everything I put out is going to be, uh, you know, a bestseller or everyone's going to love. But if you're not getting to the point where it's out there in the, into the world, uh, the momentum and of the brand and the growth would never happen. And it, yeah, and, and and that's true. And that 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 also kind of um, you know works in tandem with what we were talking earlier about is uh, you know having the patience. And uh, to show up day in and day out as well is, um, you know, some people do show up, but they never release anything or they never ship anything. Or um, some people ship stuff, but then they only do it for three to six months and then they don't see the traction that they want and they quit anyways. Um, so it's really kind of like a mix of both um, is is sort of having that, uh, you know, that drive to to stick around when, when nobody is, is seemingly watching. Um, so 
you know, you're, you know, a, a guy like you and a brand like Ugmonk, right? Like, you know, at first glance, you would, you know, somebody like myself would look at that and be like, wow, this guy's definitely got, you know, some cool shop in Soho or in Brooklyn or uh, somewhere in Boston or so. But you, you still make your home in, in Downington, Pennsylvania, um, where you live with your wife. Uh, is there, I mean, the answer to this might just be as simple as, you know, this is where I grew up. I love it here. But, you know, did you ever have any pull to like go to a big city or, you know, be one of those guys that's, you know, in some, you know, uh, just studio apartment somewhere when you were younger? Or did that just never really, I guess, appeal to you? I think there's times where I, you know, I wish I could be in New York or, or San Francisco or Austin or something for a lot of events or the design community or just being around that that energy. Um, but there's so many other times where I'm so thankful that I'm away from it just because it keeps me focused on my work and being able to create, um, you know, living in there. I think that's another fallacy of people, especially coming right out of college. You think, all right, I studied design. I got to move to New York or LA or San Francisco, work for a big agency, work my way up the ladder, which you can do that. But there's so many other paths that people don't think about. And like, you know, the fact that I'm, in the middle, you know, the suburbs of in Pennsylvania, selling T-shirts, shipping products to over sixty countries around the world. Like the internet has kind of completely squashed that need to be in a city to do what you're doing. Like I try to tell people, your work isn't dictated by where you live. It might be more inspiring to live there, but your actual output is not dictated by being there. Um, and there's something about you know keeping the cost low, being around family, having a lot of uh, quiet alone time to create and and grow the business that I would be really distracted if I was in a in a bigger city um, with lots of you know things going on and events to go to and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think again it's not a right or a wrong. It's just the path that I've chosen and it's worked out really well for me and my personality. Uh, I love visiting cities. I love traveling. Um, but when it comes to work, it's like give me a quiet space, give me my home studio, and uh, I'm happy to go to work every day. And it seems to be working. So it's been working yeah. for seven years. Uh, and speaking of that, like, you know, we've, we talked about this earlier, seven years, it's, it's, it's a long time. It's, you know, you've been very successful. What is the future? Like, what, what are your sort of aspirations for Ugmonk going forward? We've been doing a lot of thinking kind of on that, along those terms recently. I never, like I said, I didn't have a business plan or really a long-term goal that it was to open a shop in Soho or anything like that. Um, but recently we've been thinking, you know, what does the future look like? What do we want to do? And to be honest, it's really more of the same and it's maybe getting back to our strength and, um, you know, focusing on the best t-shirts, the best, uh, minimalist design products, whatever those products are. Um, and then storytelling to sell those products. A lot of what I'm doing is not just slapping a design on a shirt and saying, here, buy it. You know, like the backstory, like you were saying, a lot of the blogs or a lot of the descriptions, there's a little bit, there's another layer to it that most clothing brands or t-shirt brands don't have. And I want to increase that storytelling layer through video, through blogging, through writing, um, and really connect even more with the people that have followed the work that I'm doing, uh, my customers, my fans. And I think that's the future is going to be more of that and a more, even more personal brand rather than a, a bigger wholesale corporate Ugmunk. Would you ever consider, you know, sort of, uh, you know, having more talent in there to help scale and, 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 and uh, you know, 
come up with the de- uh, designs and the ideation process, or is this something that you are very, you know, feel very strongly about? You want to keep, you know, your hands on and be heavily involved because the brand so far is you, right? It's your designs, it's your inspiration. So, has there ever been any thought to, you know, maybe somebody close to you that's, you know, you that you know you uh, take inspiration from to sort of join the brand and 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 help it uh, branch out that way, or is that not really a thought? Um, yeah, really the goal is to actually keep all of the design, well, keep most of the design, at least the, the creative vision um, side of the, the product creation and design on my plate. And what I want to do is eliminate the, you know, the 80 or 90% of other stuff that I'm doing day to day that isn't that. And that's where I want to bring in people and we're probably going to grow our team, even if it's just one or two people. Um, but so I don't have to be in email all day and I don't have to worry about some of the the headaches and the logistics and the, you know, ordering, um, all the stuff that I'm doing that I really shouldn't be doing. Uh, but what makes Ugmonk unique is that I am the only designer. Um, I think I could definitely partner with other designers. Uh, if they're experts at woodworking, then I can partner with them kind of how I've already done with the leather goods and things like that. Um, but me staying as that, the, the tastemaker or the creative visionary over the whole brand is where I want to stay. Um, and then bring other, bring in other people to do the things that they're good at and the things that I'm not great at. So where do you take, where do you gather sort of your creative inspiration from? That's a loaded question with no really (laughs) good answer. Um, I, inspiration is, I think every designer would, would say something similar to this, but inspiration for me is a cumulative process. It's not a, oh, I just visit these three sites every day and I feel so inspired, or I just you know read this magazine or I have to listen to this type of music and I get inspired. inspired. I think it's, um, I just see the world like differently than a lot of people and, you know, through visual things. And I've always, you know, when I was a kid and we go on road trips, I'd just be staring out the window, looking at all the signs, like the whole time and, and looking at things that no one else would pick up on. And again, I don't know why that's just kind of how I'm wired. So everything that I'm doing, whether it's traveling, whether it's photography, whether it's just you know thinking or um, looking at at things online, I'm picking up little things here. You know, I like this, I don't like that. I really like this. I want to incorporate that. And then when it comes time for me to output something creatively, all of that inspiration plays into it. But it's not necessarily like side by side. Look, I'm I'm imitating this whatever you know this artist, this designer. Um, I try to think of it more that way than a specific place of inspiration, if that makes sense. No, definitely. You build like this repository of, of inspiration where you kind of build up and that that certainly makes sense. And, and, uh, in many ways, um, myself as a writer kind of does the same thing with reading, right? Like I'm reading books every single day, not with really the intent of going and running upstairs and jotting down a, a great idea or, or post or article, but it's it's sort of like building that repository of just that you pull from when you need it. So it makes complete sense. Yeah, um, and even even uh, travel, like thinking about travel or just being able to travel more recently and and being in countries from you know from Iceland to Norway to Honduras to things like you see these other cultures and you start to pick up things that you would never see if you did just stay at home or stay in your office all day or stay even in a city all the time. Um, that I really gleaned from and it's been really cool to just see a broader view of the world for sure 
so some of the more like I guess personal uh, things as it relates to um, you know your your creative tastes I guess is uh, so like do you have uh, any music that like gets you going like what's your favorite band? Uh, I don't know if I can pick favorites. Um, like, a, like a like a top five, top like high five. fidelity style. Um, I've been listening like this past year. I I like a lot of kind of more of a, it's more chill or laid back singer songwriter. Um, ben Howard's new album I've been playing like all year. The War on Drugs, uh, London Grammar, those kind of bands are sure. people that I can't like. Their music never gets old to me. Um, I, I I'm all over the place when it comes to music. Um, once you get into Spotify and you start, <laughs> go, you know, basically playing whatever, but. Uh, those are some of the bands that come to mind. Yeah, you fall down the rabbit hole in Spotify real quick, and then uh, yeah, you end up going on private because you're listening to like <laughs> you know, you're yeah. listening to like Cindy Lauper or something or Share. <laughs> I've listened to Share before and had friends call me and be like, "Is everything all right?" And uh, like, well, what are you talking about? It's like you're listening to Share. Like, oh crap! Uh, so yeah, I definitely know what you mean there. What about uh, what about movies? Um, movies, TV shows, things like that. What is it? What are what are some stuff that you always try to catch? To be honest, TV and movies are one of the, well, I guess I watch some movies. TV is like not a big thing for me at all. And for me, like I'm not really against it. I just never got into a lot of TV shows and don't spend a lot of time there. Uh, my attention span is so short. I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's the internet that made me this way or if it's just in me, but I feel like I'm ADD all over the place. It's, it's hard enough to sit down and watch like a, a two hour movie, but my brain is always going and I'm, I'm more happy creating or making things. Um, so I don't spend a ton of time watching TV. I do watch Shark Tank uh, pretty much every week, which is a fun show to watch. Um, and movie-wise, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, like the Wes Anderson movies are great, like the Grand Budapest Hotel and things like that. They're, I mean, even that I'm gleaning inspiration and, and find really uh, just fun to watch from a design standpoint. Um, but... Yeah, I can't think of any other movies off the top of my head that I've watched recently. Grand Budapest Hotel was so quirky too. It was uh, my my fiance fell asleep, but it was it was definitely interesting to say the least. It was it was I feel like one of those movies you probably had to watch a few times to really get everything. Yeah, totally. Um, books? Are you are you a reader? I mean, a, with a with a short attention span, I can't imagine that <laughs> books are very a big part of your life. No, I mean I've never been a big reader. It's another thing. It's like I. I don't do a lot of things that normal people would do, like read books and watch a lot of TV. And the one thing I, I have gotten into more recently is reading business-related books uh, or nonfiction um, that have something to do with what you know, growing a business or just the way that um, you know, book uh, essentialism that I've read That's that great, has a yeah. lot to do. Yeah, like like books like that that they're really applicable and they really change the way you think, or even books about psychology or things like that. Um, I have more motivation to read them, I think, because now I'm like doing the thing. It's not just seen as a textbook of like, oh, I got to read this. Um, so yeah, I've been reading a little bit more, uh, recently. Essentialism, uh, Essentialism was a book that really changed my day to day. So those are the kind of books that really uh, I look for, not like the traditional textbook business book that you would get in like a business class in college. But yeah, Essentialism was, was, was terrific. I really enjoyed that book. Mm -hmm. Um, so are you an iPhone guy, Android guy? iPhone. Yep, I've been iPhone pretty much all the way. So, what apps are are like on your home screen? I I think like you can tell a lot about like how a person spends their time just by knowing what apps are on their home screen. So, what apps are you using all the time? 
Um, I mean, other than the standard ones, I mean, the, the camera is getting used all the time because I'm always taking photos. Um, and Instagram and Twitter are the top two things that I'm usually checking on my phone, other than mail and Safari, but those aren't very interesting to talk about. Um, Instagram has been huge. I've really enjoyed growing like my eye for photography and just the way, again, the way I see the world and just capturing a visual journal. I don't use it to push my product every single photo on uh, every time I post, but I, I just enjoy kind of capturing memories and seeing things. And, and when I see something that's interesting, being able to have a place to put it. Uh, so that's been fun to, to grow that community there. And then, uh, yeah, I have Snapseed, which is a photo editor, which I sometimes I use if I need a little bit more advanced photo editing. Um, I have Fantastical, which is like the first, which is the first thing that made me actually use a calendar because I, I hated the way how hard it was to input events into a calendar, like through <laughs> Apple's calendar. And Fantastical is like natural language based, so all I have to do is say like Skype with John tomorrow at noon, and it puts it in there. Um, so that's become that come really handy too. Yeah, I, I, I stopped using the Apple Calendar app so long ago. It was awful. Um, I think I use Google's now, which is which is definitely better from a from a user experience standpoint. But I'll have to check that out because I was looking. Uh, I was I was definitely looking for a calendar that was more more. I guess uh, what you were looking for a while ago, and I just couldn't find. There's just too many options. I think you know. Yeah, and it just makes it so that it doesn't seem like there's any options. Um, right. So um, and. I kind of want to end here. So you brought up Instagram and you're somebody who has a very, you know, uh, large loyal following on Instagram and obviously a business and a brand that uh, many people admire and you, you, you know, you have a very strong following. Um, there's a ton of designers, entrepreneurs or people out there that just have ideas, right? Um, that kind of want to do some of the things that you did and, and that's kind of go off on your own, be able to follow your passion and build something sustainable, what are some words of advice to people that are listening? Um, you know, one being that you know a theme so far today that's it's not going to happen overnight. But what would you tell people that are trying to achieve similar similar successes to to what you've experienced? Um, yeah, one of the things I I try and distinguish or or have people distinguish is is it really a passion or is it a side business? You know, is it a passion that you want to pursue because you actually love writing or you love photography? Or are you seeing it as, I can't wait to make this a bigger business and grow this? And you realize a year into it, I don't actually love photography. Um, so a distinction that a lot of people don't necessarily make at the beginning. Um, whereas I truly love design, I still love design, and that's what Ugmunk, that's what fueled Ugmunk. Now, am I designing all day, every day? No, but it still is the core of what I'm doing. Um, so I try and make sure people, before they get anywhere further than you know, getting a URL, putting a website up, that they, they're directed towards something they're truly passionate about, especially if it's a side thing. Um, you can, you know, if you're doing a startup and you're, you're getting VC, it's a little, that's a whole different ballgame. But if you're doing like a, a, a true passion business like what I did with Ugmunk, um, just evaluating, you know, is this something that you are truly, you're going to be happy doing this in six months, a year, two years from now? Or seven exactly yeah you never know how long it might go <laughs> jeff this was a lot of fun man i'm really glad you, you you came by today to hang out uh really enjoyed this conversation thanks a lot for coming by yeah thanks for having me and for all the listeners thank you for listening definitely check out ugmunk uh ton of prints 
shirts, uh, cool things, mouse pads, uh, it just all, all kinds of lifestyle items that you can sort of use to dress up your office to, you know, feel more uh, creatively inspired. Uh, but thank you for listening. Like, share, favorite, all of those good things. And be sure to come back because we will have more great guests. So long, everybody. Thanks for stopping by.